0: I've, I have heard actually um, that Queen Elizabeth, there was a chance she may actually be a real Christian, like a real believer, which Don't would be know. cool.
1: There's a chance anybody could be a real Christian if they would only hear and respond in <sighs> faith. Uh. This guy. I'm just he saying. Right.
2: Man. He only speaks truth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right, man.
2: Nothing stupid comes out of his
0: mouth. <laughs> I know. Stupid is what stupid does. <laughs>
2: Look, I mean, think of how encouraging it would be to come here every Sunday and it'd be just packed. I mean, it might be scary for people right now because of himself, but you know what I mean, right? I mean,. Just the encouragement level that that would bring. And the fact is, the people who attend our church, they would say regularly, if all of those people came every Sunday, our building would be pretty full. It'd be pretty darn full every single week. Probably 700 or more would be my guess of people who say, yeah, I regularly attend MMBC.
0: Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. It's good to be with you today. Thank you for joining us as we uh, sit around the table together and have a conversation, um, continuing uh, discussing about worship today. Uh, Pastors of the Roundtable is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, Our goal together is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. We've been walking through a series in worship uh, together, um, the four of us and also with you listening. We've been talking about all the various aspects of public worship, uh, reading the scriptures, praying the Bible, um, singing, all the aspects of worship We've covered the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And the last episode of our worship series, we want to talk about the place and the time of worship, where we worship and when we worship and how we do that and what we see in scripture and what scripture leads us as Christians um, as to how we practice our, our faith and what God would have for us as well. So to have that conversation today, I've got sitting around me Matt Bates, music and media pastor here at MMBC, Tim Icoangeli, lead pastor here at the church, Scott Slater, who serves as family pastor here at Monroe Missionary, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church. So guys, we've we've walked through a, a whole series uh, so far on worship, talking about the various elements and everything. So we've seen we we've seen. We, we pray, we read the Bible, we preach, but we do that at a specific place where we, we, in our language today, we'll call the building a church or a church building. And oftentimes the word that we'll use for the place where the whole church gathers will use as the word, uh, sanctuary. Um, but this is the meeting place. This is the, the, the room that, that we have, uh, as a church set aside for for meeting, as as a congregation, but let me ask you this first question about place: Does it matter where we worship God? Does it matter where we, as a church, gather together location wise to worship God?
2: No. I mean, I would say yes in the sense of like you don't want to be in a sinful environment place. You know what I mean? Like I've I've heard some people. Oh, we're going to go to the bars and do Bible studies there and stuff like that. And I think we would say, eh, I don't know if that's a place to do that. I think I'd say the same for where we worship together, you know, to think to think through that, I guess, in a sense. But I'm not saying there's like specific locations that this is where you must hmm. worship and it's defined in that way. I do think some common sense still needs to be hmm.
3: used. Yeah, it wouldn't be very helpful to meet somewhere that has a lot of distractions. Hmm. Right. 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 Let's all meet at Meyer, and right. we'll, we'll have worship in Meyer.
2: <laughs> there's been a lot of people <laughs>
1: recently saying you should do that. Why? Yeah, well, I mean, people saying, like, just in the different states, like, hey, churches can't be open right now, but walmart can be open so let's all just go to walmart <laughs> okay. really you haven't heard people saying that no oh, okay well
0: uh, I guess. just go grab a dr pepper and some m&ms and let's, hey, hey, uh, there's the lord's supper right there, there. Yeah. Uh, scott's really progressive as you can tell he's, he's really uh, that's that's what we brought him on Goodness. yeah he's here to really press the envelope and help
3: us expand um But no, I mean it doesn't really matter if you meet south of town or north of town or east or west of town. It doesn't matter if you meet inside or outside. Right.
0: Nope. Yeah. So for instance, Islam, we Mecca is the location, right? Mecca is the spiritual center of Islam. Mm -hmm. For Judaism, Jerusalem is still the spiritual center location wise for Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, For Mormonism Um, they have Salt Lake City, right? We don't have a geographic location, do we?
2: (laughs) No, I mean, some people think we do. Yeah, some some (laughs) some Christians think
1: Jerusalem is. They They still go there, and they
2: almost give this great reverence
1: to it. Right, it's like this spiritual journey, and uh, and they think it has a significant role to play in the future too so. right in the sure. future and
2: so there is that side that some people do but but no i mean we don't we don't have this pilgrimage place right to go that we have to go to right. or experience we don't go to rome right more. i mean the, the woman at the well asked that question to christ mm-hmm. where is it where where is it and mm-hmm. he said uh It'll be written in your heart. Mm -hmm. So he kind of abolished the Mm -hmm. the location thing.
0: Yeah, I'll read the passage that you're, you're talking about there. Uh, Tim, John four, verses 20 through 24. The woman says, our father, our father's worshipped on this mountain, but you say, talking about the Jews, Mm -hmm. that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain Mm -hmm. nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we don't have, I I think it was David Wells, who was a a Christian uh, thinker and a, professor at a seminary i think somewhere but he wrote said one time we don't have a geographic Mm -hmm. center as christians but we do have a risen christ Mm, yeah and so our faith whether we're in china saudi arabia australia Mm. or in monroe michigan we are united by one living risen christ and he is the temple Mm -hmm. and he is our in a sense he's our geographic location he is it
3: yeah so we've all heard the uh like the phrase, you know, the curtain has been torn. Yeah. You know, when literally the curtain of the Holy holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom, mm-hmm. like that kind of symbolizes that, you know, it is, we are able to worship Christ from wherever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I see that as. I anyway. mean, this
1: temple is no longer where the presence yeah. of God is. Exactly, yeah. And what did Jesus yeah. say is that, where two or three are gathered mm, in my yeah. name, there I am with them. And so... Yeah. We don't have to go to a specific place mm. to experience the presence of God and to be in the presence of God. We have the Holy Spirit living inside yeah. of us, and we have fellowship with one another mm.
0: in Christ. And so where is the church? Well, it's where the people of God are. Mm. Right. Well, and and that's the significance of Pentecost, isn't it? From Jerusalem, Jesus pours his Spirit out so that... Um, Jesus's presence before on earth, his presence, he could only walk around in Palestine. Hmm. But now, he is spiritually present as the risen Lord everywhere that the word of God is preached, and the Spirit takes that and applies it to believing hearts. So, we we're not bound by a geographic location, but we do meet in a church building. Why do we meet in a church building? Is that helpful? And what could be the pros and the cons of having a church building?
3: I mean, In a certain sense, it's out of uh, convenience just to have a roof over your head. You're not out in the weather. Uh, it's very practical. Very
2: practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, trying to get people to hear if you're going to mm-hmm. preach and you're going to sing. You have this building acoustically. And mm-hmm. that's why we have sound and different things to make it easier to hear, just more practical. Yeah, the convenience of air conditioning and heat, you know, in our our climate where we right. live today, if we were to just meet outside, it'd be really difficult. Right.
3: Yeah. It'd be right. really
2: distracting in the winter right. to, to get everybody together. And so you want to you get everyone together. So that's why we have a building that's this size, so that would fit everybody. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's helpful to have a consistent gathering place week mm-hmm. to week right. and yeah. not to say it's going to yeah. be different one week from mm-hmm. another week. Right. You know, uh, people know that... Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you know, this is where I can go, right, to go to church. Yeah, um, so it's we, just common we, sense. We have huh? coffee makers. We do. I mean, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, coffee is helpful. If you want to call that stuff coffee, that is oh, made in there. Oh my gosh! Ouch! Wow. <laughs> we'll pass by that. Um, yes. So, what are Brown some? Water. What are some? Con- what are some cons, though? So, I think we would all agree that for us, the pros are outweighing the cons. But there, there are some cons that people can get misinterpreted sure. with a, with having a church building. What are some of those things that we want to be careful about?
2: It, it becomes a geographical spot then right? at mm. times. Like yeah. I go on Sunday there and worship there, and then the rest of the week is mine. Mm. I'll go back there to okay. refuel, and then I'll go and waste all my fuel and come okay. back. And that's not the purpose of it. And you hear some people say, I, I don't get hung up in these like, church is the people, and they'll say don't call that the church because that's not the church you know theologically speaking Mm -hmm. true what they're saying is is true this is the church's building Mm -hmm. that we own that is ours Mm -hmm. um and so i guess some
1: people can get hung up on that
3: Mm right on that as well
1: um with a building no matter what size costs money Mm. yeah the logistical side of having a building Uh, especially the bigger it gets. Upkeep. Um, Upkeep, maintenance, events, Mm -hmm. uh, all of these different things. I mean, it costs money and it costs time. And and honestly, I mean, the the church, you know, our our purpose is spiritual. Like we exist for a spiritual purpose to reach this world with, with the gospel. And unfortunately, something that can happen, and I think it tends to happen more the bigger building you have is your cares become more worldly. The mm-hmm. discussions that you have in a staff mm-hmm. meeting become yeah. more focused on practical mm-hmm. day-to-day running of the building, mm-hmm. which is a necessary thing to talk mm-hmm. about. You need to do that. But it, if you're not careful, it can distract mm-hmm. from from the purpose of
0: the church. So yeah. so a building is a tool for the church, and the the, the danger can be if the tool becomes the master, yeah, right? Yeah. It starts to... To det- and that, and right. that can easily happen. Right. You know, if you get, if you get big
1: enough and wide enough and, and have to deal with it, yeah, I mean, that, that is very
0: easy to right. happen. Right. So there's pros and there's cons to both. We're thankful to have a building and mm-hmm. a nice building that we have where we can gather people together and people can come and, and worship and hear the word the word of God preached and to sing praise and to pray together. Uh, One last thing uh, I want to talk about place of worship is if you were to step into our church sanctuary, you were to step in, you would notice that relatively speaking, it's quite simple. Mm -hmm. It's quite, there's not a ton of, of decor, um,
3: architecturally architectures.
0: yeah, Yeah. Quite straightforward. Yeah. Now, that would be different if you were going to other church traditions like the Roman Catholic Church or the, the Orthodox Church or maybe an Anglican Church or even a Lutheran Church to some extent. Mm-hmm. What role does um, decoration, I'm going to use that word decoration, or appearance, why do we have those differences in interior design? And is that important? What does that reflect about our beliefs? There's a lot of questions there, but just if you want to talk about some of that. Well, I know, I mean,
1: in medieval times and maybe even a little bit before that, I mean, I'll, the shape of the buildings, even mm-hmm. like cathedrals, I think yeah. they're, if you were to look at them from the sky, they're actually shaped like a cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very intentional. Uh, and They also have like stained glass windows, other things like that, that are meant to convey like a story that it represents or mm-hmm. uh, other truths about God. And and they they use architecture to do that. Um in that sense, it's symbolic. Another, I don't know exactly what denominations do what, but uh, somebody's talked before. Uh, I've heard about how, depending on the do- denomination you're part of and how they view actually the Lord's Supper, um, that mm-hmm. um, that some denominations will actually have the table mm-hmm. that the Lord's Supper is served from in the center. In the center. It's yeah. kind of like the centerpiece of the service. Right. Whereas, like in more Protestant denominations that we're a part of what is front and center is the pulpit and because that's where the preached word and so it communicates an emphasis Mm -hmm. you know are you emphasizing the uh the eucharist or are you emphasizing the preached word Mm -hmm. um and so like there's some there's Mm -hmm. some symbolism in that Mm -hmm. i think i would say in our tradition though
2: At least being around what little I've been around of buildings and people talking about buildings, I haven't heard much of that being discussed, like the symbolism of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I wasn't on the team here that did any building stuff or why we did what we did. I know the stained glass that we have was on purpose. It was the same stained glass cross Mm -hmm. thing that we had at the old church, and so it was just more of a from what I gathered more of like, it's just a historical thing that we brought over and it it looks nice too. I mean, it's good. And same with the pulpit we currently have is a pulpit that was made by a former pastor. It was the pulpit that was over there. Mm -hmm. They put it up on like a float as we walked to here. Like it was, you know, it went with us and everything. It was like this big, big deal. But I think the rest was just practical. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Like just how can people be comfortable how can we get the amount of people we want in here um, that's the thoughts that's the thoughts that went into it and I, I see that pretty common I would say it seems in Southern Baptist circles um, that's more of the discussion and I'm afraid we have lost some of the imagery that we used to have. There was a reason they were built so grand and so big. It was to draw your attention to the heavens and the grandeur of it. And the stained glass told a story, you know, and like you said, they they would have certain words as you entered the sanctuary, that they wanted you to see those words before you entered into here of what was going on, you know. And for us, I'd say the most theological thing is the baptistry. There's a baptistry that we have on purpose, Mm -hmm. um, for what we believe mm. baptism is and why we have it so you do hear the importance of that um but yeah i mean i i think we've lost a little bit of that i wish we had it mm. you know um i wish we had some of that back of being purposeful in our decorations mm. um but there's also like a purpose of what, of a lack of decorations mm. statues images right yeah. Because of what scripture speaks of to that, right? Mm -hmm. No graven images. No graven images, no images of of God and these things. There's a reason Mm -hmm. we stay away from that too. We don't want to fall into that trap, right? Also. Um, So, uh, but sadly, it still happens. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, we have our little holy cows that we um, worship in churches, Uh, might be a piece of furniture or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be that people get frustrated about if it gets touched or moved and it just shouldn't be that right. You should respect the history of, of your church. I would say I, and I believe that too,
0: Mm -hmm. but those are just things. And I think overall, as we think about place and interior design, the focus should be that the, the building should serve ultimately to, to help us to focus on the word. If it starts to distract us, um, and starts to become a, a distraction or a detriment to what we're actually here for, then it's not serving its purpose. Um, but whatever our design is, whatever we come down on, we want to make sure that we're using this as a tool. It's a means to help us worship better. But the minute it becomes a hindrance um, or diverts us from the proper things, then we have to reevaluate. So th- there's no right or wrong way to design your church building, but... Whenever you do that, yeah, you should take. I think history is a fair thing to take into, um, you know, and, and we all—it's it, yeah. a fair thing to take into account. Right. But as well, what is the place for? What are we trying to do? What do we think theologically right. is important? And we want to have a historical section here
2: in our building. It's something that we've tried. We've started to transition to before Pastor Roy had left. You know, we moved. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. That tree, the tree,
0: yeah,
2: um, back. Back towards the north entrance of the fellowship hall, and that's because in our grand design, that's supposed to be the main entrance to our building, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where people would really come and drop everyone off. And so, that's why we kind of moved that there. And we thought that hallway and that little section could maybe be more of a historical thing, of mm-hmm. maybe where pictures of some yeah. of the old pastors could be, or just we we used to have like newspaper clippings of things in the yeah. church, which are which are great. I mean, it's our history and it's what we have. Right. And so, just finding a a spot for that but it doesn't have to be scattered everywhere Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be something you know that you touch before game time like I'm going to touch this and now we can enter this (laughs) thing play like a champion yeah (laughs) let's do it (laughs) rub the belly of Buddha on the (laughs) yeah (laughs) or have you know I'm not a big fan of like having people's names on things that's just me I I don't like that it's not about what we've done it's about what God's done we stand on the shoulders of saints that have gone before us Mm -hmm. and they should be honored I do believe that but like you know, give me, give me 50 bucks and I'll put your name here and it'll always be remembered. I don't like that. And I've even had financial people tell me you should do that. It'll raise money for your church, put their names on bricks, you know, make something outside and have people's names. They will give for that. And hmm. my response to that is very simple. I don't want their money. Then if they're given for that, I don't want it. I'm not trying hmm. to honor them. Yeah. Right? And if that's their motivation, they can have it back. Right mm. we don't need that we don't we don't want that, mm. but um, I do think history though is important, mm-hmm. and it can have a place in your building right. Another thing I think we didn't mention is uh this is a big one that was not done here, and it's really bad, but safety safety's mm-hmm. become a bigger issue since this building was built, it seems, and so um children's areas you know registration in and out that stuff does have to be thought through nowadays when you're designing a building for your church for safety Mm -hmm. safety measures Mm -hmm. just in general safety of the church the congregation safety for your safety for your children um which i don't think was thought too much about Mm
3: -hmm.
2: 20 years ago Mm -hmm. right but it does now right
0: right? because of how things are right yeah well, that's true. That's true. We want to make sure we're doing everything we can to make this the most productive, yeah. uh, beneficial place we can um, for our people and and for the purposes that we've we've uh, got it for.
2: And you want to, yeah, I could go on and on about this. Right. I do think it's important. Like you had mentioned, Scott, taking care of the building is important. Mm-hmm. We want to be good stewards of what God has given us. This is something God has given us. So we want it to look good. Sure. We want it to sound good, right? We want it to look very professional and well right. kept up. And because again, I think that does give an image to outside people as well. Right. It's like, yes, the grass is cut regularly. The bushes are trimmed. You know, we're trying to keep up with weeds. We're trying to update this and that. And, and we have that here that we're talking about, trying to balance right. money with that and I think to be a good steward, you need to ask those questions. Right. We have this building. Let's make yep. it look good. Yep. Let's make it look welcome. Make it look nice. We don't want to be blight in our community. Right. <laughs> right. Right.
0: <laughs> right. We want to be
2: good citizens. We right. want to
0: be good neighbors, and so that's, that's a way to do it. Right. Right. Very good. So the place of worship. But then when, I want to move now to the time of worship. When should we as church... Get together now. We know we we can talk about by individual like Bible studies or smaller groups that can happen, but we're talking here about the big gathering, the the time when the whole church assembles together. Um, Does that matter? Does it matter when we meet, or is there? What does the Bible say about that? What do you guys think about that?
1: I think there is an ideal time. Uh, to meet, uh, which would be the first day of the week, Sunday. There's a lot of significance in, in Christianity for the first day of the week. It's mm. number one, when Jesus rose from the dead. Um, and so uh, that, that's that's a lot of the significance mm. for us. And so that seems to be the historical pattern. Um, it's also modeled after the, I think is the fourth commandment mm. of the Sabbath day. Even though our Sabbath day is different, like theirs was Saturday, Mm-hmm. But because of the resurrection of Christ, we changed it to the the first day. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I, I would say that's the ideal.
0: Mm. Yeah, because I've I've met a brother. Uh, well, he was actually a good friend in seminary, but um, I think it was over in uh, the Middle East. They would meet like on maybe Thursdays or Fridays because it's the holy day for Muslims. Friday. I have no something idea. I forget. And I think it was because of convenience for the sake of everybody's schedules. Yeah. That's when they would do that. Um, I'm not, you know, well, either way, I'm just saying that's, that was something they had to take into a fa- factor in for their church situation. Yeah. Um, but traditionally, and like you said, ideally, we as believers, New Testament Christians, have met on the first day of the week for for, for reasons which we'll go through in a bit um, and everything. But the whole principle, regardless of, um, because there, well, let's first of all talk about, there are Christians um, and denominations that will say, um, in one sense, it doesn't matter at all. There are some that will say, we still need to practice the seventh day Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the seventh day Adventists. There's also there. Actually, I mean, there were a group of, and I think there still are some Seventh Day Baptists mm-hmm. that will say we still need to keep the seventh day Sabbath because they see the fourth commandment as still applying to them today. Mm-hmm. And then there are tr- uh, Christians from a more uh, uh, reformed Protestant tradition where they would see the first day of the week as Sabbath. And so they would really strive to make sure that we we take the whole day off, and so one of the remnants of that in our society would be like the old blue laws and uh, laws where you know in the past society uh, communities may only have like one pharmacy that would stay open on Sunday mm-hmm. for whoever would need to, but they would take turns and the, the whole idea was is not only as church but the whole society influenced by Christian culture, was trying to practice a whole day of mm-hmm. of ceasing from ordinary activity. And, um, we could talk about the theological ramifications of that, but there were probably social benefits, at least from a, a from a bare social uh, perspective. Oh, there, there definitely were. Yeah. I mean, from looking at it from just a purely pragmatic angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are various viewpoints and maybe there are others as well, but we should all agree, right? That God wants us to set aside some time to be with God's people. This should be a part of our schedule, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, and and it says,
2: do not neglect the gathering of yourself together. Right. And that was surrounded by the Word. So corporate,
0: yeah. corporate worship. So you're going to have to take time out of the rest of your life mm-hmm. to get together with Christians. So this is whenever you become a follower of Jesus Christ um, or if you're born into a Christian family. This is something that becomes a part of your schedule, and you're you're putting aside other things to focus on this. Uh, it's interesting. This is even not simply something we do after the fall. This seems to be highlighted that this was instituted before the fall. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 2, we read that God finished his creation on the sixth day, and then the seventh day we read that God rested on it, and he blessed it, and he made it Holy. When God blesses something or makes it holy, he's setting it aside for holy use. And he was telling Adam and Eve, I want you to set aside this day to be with me. This was, I've heard it described something like, I think like Father's Day. It was like, you know, you can do your work the other six days of the week, but seventh day, I want you to be with me. And it was to remind Adam and Eve that one day would come if they obeyed God in in that relationship, they were first made with God that one day, Father's Day would never end. Mm. It was to remind them, to allure them to but God. God did not make us just to continually work the ground mm. and to till, take care of the garden. He made us to be with him. And so he put it in the schedule. I want you to have part of the time uh, to be with me. So we should realize, realize right away that God right away in creation, not simply in redemption, but in creation... Has highlighting the fact that he wants us to set aside some portion of time just to simply focus on him and our relationship as his children. It's not meant to be a drudgery. It's meant to be beautiful and to make us long for the eternal Sabbath rest uh, forevermore. And then in, in Exodus chapter 20, we read about um, God here gives the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And the Sabbath, we read, had already been practiced in Exodus 16, and so um, God there is highlighting the fact that he wants them to take this day to be with him, and no one's to work, at least as part of that national covenant made with Israel, Um, They weren't to make anybody else work, and they were to set aside time to be with God's people. And we're told the reason why, why did God make this? And we told the reason in the fourth commandment. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, consequently, because God did this, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, the principle is, I want you to set aside time to be with me, to meditate not upon your present life, but upon the future life. I want you to set aside time to be with me, your Father, your Redeemer, so that you can look forward to the next life. And then, of course, we have the basic principle that's reiterated to us in Hebrews chapter 10 that uh, Pastor Tim brought up. We are commanded not to neglect meeting together. So we're to set aside time uh, to be with him. So let me throw out this objection though. Somebody to all of this would say, I love God all of the time, right? I'm supposed to love God all the time. Whatever I'm doing, I'm worshiping God. I don't need to set aside time to worship God. It's not necessary for me. It may be for you, weak Christians, but not for me. I don't need to do that because I can worship God just fine without ceasing from all my other jobs. I worship Him whenever I'm washing the dishes and whenever I'm at work. I can do all that. So I don't need to take time off. I've got a busy schedule. What would you say to that person? I'd say you're a liar.
2: I mean, seriously, I would, depending on my relationship with them, might not be that straightforward, but I'd say there's no way you worship God all the time. There's no way. And I would point them to all of the passages in Scripture that we see where we're told we need each other, that we need to come together like that Hebrews passage, Mm -hmm. that we need to hear God's word preached, that we need to hear it taught, that we need to come and sing together, like all these things that that go along with corporate worship and how it's, it's not that God needs it. It's that we need it. Right. Right. To say, you cannot be out there, this lone Christian, or I would even say it's not healthy just like for a family to say, ah, we'll just do our church as a family here in the house Mm -hmm. together. I'd say you, you are totally going against God's word and doing Mm -hmm. that. Now there might be situations where that's your only option. Right. Right. Right? Around the world or something. Right. But that's not how it is here. Right. in, In America. And so, This this idea that we can be some lone ranger and I don't need anything anybody who's honest with themselves knows how that falls short. Mm -hmm. You will not succeed Mm. in that Mm. at all. Yeah.
0: We take time to sleep because we know we need it, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: we take time to eat because we need it. But for some reason, when it comes to church, it's a nice, actual, optional add on. (laughs) <laughs> but I really don't need it like I need those other things. I've, I'm a busy person. Yeah. Very few people plan their schedule
2: around corporate worship mm-hmm. anymore.
3: Right.
2: Sunday becomes a day to drive home, you know, or or a day to, to get out early mm-hmm. and to leave. Or um, it seems like in most people's mind... Saturday's their day to maybe do some work around the house. Sunday's their day to chill out mm-hmm. and relax and enjoy their spoils. Right. And, um, church could be part of that, but, but it's very quick to go away. Right. You know, it's a very quick thing to be able to put aside. Well, I can just go next week. It's okay if I just miss once. Right. You know, and, and again, I don't, I don't think we're sitting here advocating, uh, that you must be here all the time, every time. That's just not, right. That's just not true. Um, but, it should be more important to us because of what God does for us through it. And us also worshiping him and praising him, how we're called to do um, together. And it, I mean, it's really, it is sad where it's gotten. Mm. And I think we sound like, you know, that's what pastors should say. That's how you get paid. If we show up and give our offering, you know, that's, what you do you don't get what it's like out in this real world and yeah i mean i've been out of that for a while i have been in the church but um i haven't always been a pastor i was a sunday school teacher and working full-time and going to school full-time and had kids like i know what that's like i know i've lived that life my dad was not a pastor we weren't in ministry i've seen the 40 50 60 hour weeks trying to make money i've seen trying to get overtime like I've, I've been that life. I've lived that life, but that does not negate the call to gather mm. together as the mm. church and be faithful to it.
1: Yeah. Mm. So Spencer, you kind of gave the situation of a person who just outright thinks that they don't need, like, this. I don't need this. Right. Okay. That's kind of low hanging fruit in a mm-hmm. sense of like the answer for that's clear. Right. Let's, but what about the situation of a person who they have a job and because this is now culturally, it would be culturally abnormal. Like, Chick-fil-A is an abnormality that they're closed on Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. right? They're like strict policy closed on Sundays. Right. I don't really know any other hobby lobby place that does that. Um, no, I don't know. I have no idea, but I don't go to hobby. so like people's jobs, like especially around here, like factories or whatever other kind of work mm-hmm. people might do. Like I know where I came from, like blue collar work, a lot of it in warehouses and stuff. Um, like you worked seven days a week you work six days a week and yeah, you work weekends. And so like, what would you say to a person who says literally like, I have a job that requires me to work on Sundays. Mm-hmm. What's our advice to them?
2: Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons we do Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Well, not right now because
1: of COVID, but
2: that's one of the reasons for that is we, we understand that like there's nurses. When you first start doing nursing, you get the bad times. Mm-hmm. So you get weekends yeah. and that's just
1: like what it is or, and so we've tried How about night we, shift workers, huh? Night like night shift workers where like Sunday morning or Sunday evening doesn't really work hmm. for them. Like they're sleeping in the morning, and during the evening service they're at work. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, again, we also we do the Wednesday. We again, right now where we're at is weird, but we would have Wednesdays. There are ways to still be connected um, to the the body. I would encourage them not to do that for long. I really would. I mean, that's a, there's a lot of jobs mm-hmm. out there. There's a lot of, lot of opportunities, um, and I think we need to think through that. I understand we can get stuck in those situations. From my experience, that normally is not the case. That would be a very rare case, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. for people to go through, through that or like if it's the night job it probably could be well you know on Sundays you probably could stay awake and come to church and then go home and sleep you'll get a little less sleep I understand or or wake up a little bit earlier you know or whatever that situation is like that I get that and it's you're in this time of life now but I still would encourage this because it's it's needed mm-hmm. you know it's it's necessary that you that you be here yeah um it's actually really hard talking about this right now because of what we're going through. One of the struggles, I wish everybody would listen to this podcast just to hear my heart in this. And I think our heart, like right now, it's just really hard to to know who's not back to church, right? Because we've opened again. And who's not here because they're still fearful of, of COVID? And that's okay. Like we've said that. That's okay. We understand that. We're still trying to get our videos out still for that very reason because we understand that. But my biggest concern is who's not here though because they've gotten out of the habit, yeah. and I can't tell the difference. I don't know how to.
3: Or become so know. discouraged that they're despondent.
2: Yeah, you know? and like I, I miss seeing those people, and I'm not around them, so I we're not gathered together, mm-hmm. so it's hard to mm-hmm. tell. Like we got out of that gathering, mm-hmm. and so I feel this weakness of being able to minister mm-hmm. and care for the flock well, you know, and right. and then. I worry too about reaching out and people getting offended or whatever, but Mm. I hear things. I see things. I know ball tournaments are back. I know families are back at the ball field. And then it's like, well, why didn't you come to church while I'm nervous about it? You're at the ball field. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to, it's like, I'm just really struggling with, with balancing that and, and trying to care well Mm. for people and trying to get them back to worship. Mm. So the question you ask is really valid. Like we'd have to work with that person, Mm-hmm. Just like we're trying to work with it now with the yeah. situations that we face um,
1: and trying mm-hmm. to do that well. And it's kind of a minute by minute thing. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things you see in the New Testament in Acts, like you you read in places, it says they were gathering day by day together. Mm-hmm. I think historically you look back and the church actually spent a lot more time together yeah. than just one day mm-hmm. and just a couple hours mm-hmm. during that day. and you know, as we're talking about, like our culture around us is changing, and people are coming in. People are becoming Christians that work jobs that think nothing of the Christian life and of the importance of worship together as a as a family in Christ. Mm-hmm. And people need to. I think it's fair and justified for us to say. We kind of talked about this earlier uh, in a in a video that we were recording of just. The life that you're called to live as a Christian is going to look radically different than the life our world around you expects you to live. Yeah. Our world around you more and more will expect you to work on Sundays mm-hmm. or to vacation on Sundays or to use your weekend for that. But we as Christians, we live our life different. Mm. And you might need be, need to be willing to change jobs. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah. But in the end, I think you'll be happier. Mm. I've never been too enticed by money. And so it's always been a struggle with me to
2: talk to people about that. Employers that I've had in the past, you know, they they would say, "We're going to let you work on Saturday and pay you double." And I'd be like, "Nah, that wasn't enticing to me. Like
1: I want my Saturday and I want my Sunday." I don't know if it's so much money. Like in the people I've talked to that I've tried to advise towards something like I just said, it's not so much money. It's that they feel stuck. Like I no, you don't understand, Scott. I don't have an option. Mm. Like I can't find a job somewhere that doesn't do this. I think that's younger people
2: probably that you're talking to who are more getting getting into a career, Mm. maybe, um, or aren't really in a career. They just have a job right now that Mm. they're getting them by. I would say it's probably fair, and that's and that those conversations are more difficult. Mm. Mm -hmm. Some of our older group, what it is is. Their retirement is based off of their last four or five years of service, and their mm-hmm. pension depends on that. And so, if they can work seven days a week and make this money, that affects their pension. Yeah. And they're willing to give that up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. from what I found, then they don't retire. It seems like forever either, and they just keep working seven days a week. Mm. And that is a choice, you know. And it's hard because they've changed their budget to their overtime. And mm. things would change if they didn't. Mm-hmm didn't get over time, you know? And again, I know it's, it's, it's easy to say it's harder to live it out because Mm -hmm. there were, there would be big changes. Like you said, there is a a difference Mm -hmm. than when you're, it's it's the same with giving offering, Mm -hmm. you know, there's people who don't give offering. Why? And they would have the same excuse. I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat. We'd still encourage them there. You probably can give, right? Let's look at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know it's, it can be touchy, but It is a command God gives Mm. us to gather regularly, Mm. regularly gather. Mm -hmm. And so for us, first day of the week, 1030, Sunday mornings, normally Mm.
0: Sunday evenings as well, but just not right Right. now. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, I think we're, we're, I think we'd all agree. This is, we don't want to make this about a bunch of of abstract rules that you need to conform to, but it is a matter of values. Right. Priorities, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. desires, mm-hmm. and I think maybe one of the things that can happen too is is that we don't realize the the nourishment, the spiritual nourishment in, mm-hmm. in food and blessing we get coming to church sometimes it's been portrayed as you just need to be here just to be here. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we're not saying that we're saying you, we want you here because you need this mm-hmm. and we need you
3: mm-hmm.
0: and we need the Lord together. We need to be together. And also um, if I, I don't know, I, I, it just helping people reorient their whole schedules and priorities around, uh, first of all, the Lord, but then second of all, their families and because if you're not coming to church, what do you think your family's doing? If you have a family, Mm -hmm. what are you saying to them? And then thirdly, uh, uh, like we talked about money, but um, one of the things that probably required just Israel in the old Testament, it probably took some faith to take every seventh day off because the pagans around them may be working and such, but, you know, what are we going to do? I don't know. Or they had to take off every, was it every seventh year? They were God said, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Let the land lie fallow. Mm-hmm. It took some faith to trust God to provide. Yeah. And now, and every situation's unique, every situation's different, and you're going to have to in your conscience and apply God's word and the principles and the values to your own lives. But at the same time, um, it does seem that we can all, we all should agree that the Old Testament and New Testament God wants us to make it a, a value, a priority and a desire that we set aside time and we want to we want to want to do that at least yeah, to yeah. to to do this and to be with his yeah. people the, because we need it and we want to help other people. And the way you
1: explain that Spencer is really helpful that this isn't just a you need to be here just to be here. But there like this is actually really good for you and it's dangerous to be away. Mm. For so long. So like Tim, the example you gave of like the last four or five years, I'm going to make as much money as I can so that I can retire, get a good pension. It's like, yeah, you might get a good pension, but your relationship with the Lord is almost non-existent Mm -hmm. by the end of that. And, um, probably behind talking about money. Uh, And tithing, like as a pastor, like if you're preaching on that or talking about that, that's extremely awkward for pastors because like we know like (laughs) this is how we're making our living. This is how we're Mm -hmm. providing for our family. So it's extremely awkward. But just behind that for me is talking to church members about their church attendance Right. For that very reason is because right. I don't want to seem nitpicky. I don't want to seem like, hey, mm-hmm. I've worked all week for this service and you weren't even here. Like, right. it's, I don't want to come across that way. Yeah. Right. I want, I really do want people to understand. And I don't think they see it as much that you are you're wandering away. Hmm. I've seen so many people fall away from the faith, essentially, or or run away, or go into times of severe backsliding. People call it. But it all started with, oh, well, yeah, we're, we bought a boat this year. And so we're going to, we're going to go boating. We'll be back after the summer's over. Mm -hmm. Summer's over. Now the kids are back in school, but all of a sudden they're not back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The habit's gone. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I got a new job and I'm going to have to work weekends more consistently now, but Mm -hmm. we'll still be there. Well, actually, your work these two weekends, this other weekend, Mm. you took a vacation. This other weekend, you were sick. Mm. Something happened. All of a sudden, it's like these, we we allow it to kind of creep in is what I'm saying. And before you know it, you're completely disconnected from the body of Christ. Mm. And that has severe implications on your faith.
0: And and also, one of the the aspects as well of the fourth commandment, the way God reiterates it, is, is what you do also has implications for how you're, you're not affecting just yourself. So like whenever he said in the fourth commandment, you don't work, but none of your connections are going to work. And that was, of course, specific to Old Testament Israel. But if, if we're not taking the, the time, I want us just to realize that our decisions are going to have ramifications for our family and for our other people at church as well, and for our the people we're working with, or whatever we're doing, if we're going to a boat, uh, or whatever we're doing, uh, it, it's not like it's just going to affect us. It's going to affect other people. We're, we're going to be like Psalm 1. We're either going to be walking in the paths of the righteous and maybe even starting to teach other people to do it, taking that seat and teaching other people, or we're going to be following the Lord's Word and His and, ways. And what you said, that's a you speaking
1: directly against American culture that is highly individualistic. Mm. So we kind of talked right. about on one side that there's this... Treasures of the world type thing with wealth, job, finances, all that. That's one side of American culture that we're kind of fighting against here as the church. But then the other side is an individualistic mindset. We're also fighting against that. You coming to church is not just about you, right. is what you're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're not actually coming for your benefit alone. Right. You're coming to benefit everyone right. else. As yeah. Well. What
2: you do. Right. Look, yeah. mm-hmm. right.
1: okay, I mean, think of how encouraging it would be to come here every
2: Sunday and it be just. Packed. I mean, it might be scary for people right now because of stuff, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, just the encouragement level that that would bring. And the fact is, the people who attend our church, they would say regularly, if all of those people came every Sunday, Mm -hmm. our building would be pretty full. It'd be pretty darn full every mm. single week. Probably seven hundred or more right. would be my guess yeah. of people who say, "Yeah, I regularly attend MMBC." Mm. Yeah, whether it's once or whatever, yeah. and and just the encouragement mm. that they would bring to each other, mm. the encouragement they would bring to us right. as a staff, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 how that would elevate our worship right. together. Mm. I think people don't realize that they just think I'm just one. I'm right. just mm. I'm just one, and it's like, yeah you're very important here Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna get blessings i promise we're gonna receive blessings together we're gonna get to worship god together right take lord's Mm -hmm. supper together whatever whatever we may be doing in that service but um yeah it just gets so minimized and we could keep going down this i don't think we need to talk about it much more but um sports and all these other things you know like you said what are you doing with your kids what are you what are you teaching them? What are you what are you showing them mm-hmm. in all these things? Right. And I want them to have opportunities. Is it worth it? Yeah. What are you selling them for? Right. This, you know, right. and then you gotta be careful. Yeah.
1: I, I said this in a video a couple weeks ago at this point, whenever this podcast is gonna go up, but you know, I mentioned like the fact that like our lives compared to the world are supposed to look radical. Mm-hmm. I think some people hear that and they think, oh, like I'm supposed to be a missionary out in the Amazon <laughs> jungle. Actually, no. In America, you don't want to know what radical Christian living is in America? Being at church every single Sunday, <laughs> right. no matter what. Right. That's radical living. Right. Who does that anymore? Right. If you do that, if you say like... Oh no, I'm sorry. We we can't go on vacation and be gone on the weekend. We'll miss church. They'll look at you like you're crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But like who
0: cares if you miss church right. one week? That's radical right. living. Or or Saturday night. No, we can't stay up till one o'clock. We gotta go home and get ready because we gotta go to church tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's actually important.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I think also when you think about that, not only the ramifications, if we were make to to realize the blessing, the spiritual power that is coming to us through Jesus Christ, every Lord's Day, every first day of the week that we gather together as church, that would not only change the way we view church, but then you can just think about if that was diffused into all those people who kept showing up throughout the rest of the week and into their families, how much spiritually stronger individuals would be throughout the week and their families would be. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the change could be amazing. And 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 I think also it would highlight that verse, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And what you value, what you think is important, you're going to be there. If you think eternity is important, you'll take a break from the rest of your life mm-hmm. and focus on eternity. But if you don't think eternity is important, then you'll just love this world. Mm-hmm. And so where your treasure is, there your heart will be, will be also. So we want to highlight the beauty of corporate worship, the power it is and uh, the, the, the real, the real blessing of it. So we're not trying to point out that you have to follow these rules or do this mm-hmm. or do that or right. we're, we're saying, but, These are, these are a series of values. Now, just real quick, um, as we think about why we meet up on the first day of the week, um, this is interesting. Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, but then eventually he appeared to Thomas on the next first day of the week. Mm -hmm. Pentecost was on the first day of the week. Jesus, we read about Paul speaking to the church in Troas. They gathered on the first day of the week in Acts 20. Paul instructs the Corinthian church to put aside their offerings on the first day of every week. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. And then lastly, Jesus reveals himself to John on the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's Day. Now, we call it the Lord's Supper because it belongs to the Lord and it's all about him. But John is willing to call the first day of the week, what early Christians called it, the Lord's day. Hmm. It belongs to the Lord. Um, uh, it doesn't belong to me. Um, I remember uh, Alistair Begg one time talked about how um, every Tuesday he co- was Sue's day because he spent it with his wife, Sue. Hmm. <laughs> so he would call it Sue's day. Um, it was about her. It was about him loving her because he would that was the day of the week he would take off to be with her. Mm. What if we did that with the Lord's Day though? This is the Lord's Day. It's about being with him mm. and my family being with him and being with other Christians at his feet. Mm. What if that reoriented our minds and this was no longer going to church was a drudgery, but we went there knowing we're going to the bread of life is going to be broken from the mm. pulpit and we're going to sing and be encouraged and pray together. What if that reorientation took place? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing?
3: Yeah, would.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, a wonderful thing for our family because mm. our kids are going to get... The, what What you think about church is what your children are going to think about it. Mm. And um, yeah. Any other thoughts before we close?
2: I don't think so. I hope people don't see us as ranting. In right. this. I, it's not the purpose. We just want to see, you know, there's a, a time, a place, um, all these things, and to when to worship, where to worship. We've been talking about how to worship, why we worship. And, you know, Scott had said, you know, he don't want people to feel, man, I've worked all week for this moment and you're not here. Hmm. But I believe that the job that God has given me and called me to as being a pastor is the absolute most important thing in the world. Because God has called me to lead people to honor him with their lives, to worship him, right? Every Christian has the calling to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. We all have the calling to to make disciples and to do that, right? But God has called me to this specific congregation and to lead... And the best thing that I can do for them, again, is to point them to Christ, is to teach them God's word and to show them that this he's the most important thing. Beyond finances, beyond family, beyond everything in your life, Christ is the absolute most important aspect of your life. And so I don't want it to see as a rant for, well, yeah, what you do is so important. Yes, it, I mean, it, it is. I'm telling you, this is the most important thing. Even if I didn't do this, it'd be the most important thing, not pastoring, but just your walk with Christ is the most important aspect of your life. And so how you navigate that is so
0: Hmm.
2: important. And one of the big things that God has given us is corporate worship together. It is huge. And it's vital that you're here for yourself. It's vital that you're here for others. It's vital that you're here for me right when i look in the congregation and i don't see faces that i've seen before right now i think i wonder if it's because pastor roy's not here that's one of the first things that comes to my mind is that really the case i want to reach out to them i want to find out because i want to fix this are they not here because of something that happened Hmm. you know is it a misunderstanding are they sick are they at a different church are they falling away Mm -hmm. from the faith like Mm -hmm. all these things are coming in my mind are they just on vacation that's so why I'd love right. if there was like correspondence like, hey Pastor, we're we're gonna be gone next week at this. Oh, okay. Right. Thanks for letting me know. Like at least I'm not all concerned. Um, but it really is out of a love and a care right. for their spiritual well being and mm-hmm. who they are in Christ. And right. that that's honest. I mean that, that I really mm. believe that to be honest in my heart, and I hope that's honest in all of our staff's heart. Uh, we, we care about our congregation. And we want what's best. And we believe what's best is uh, what God, God's mm-hmm. word says. Mm-hmm. And so it's not ranting. It's uh, it's loving. Well, to and and well. even
0: behind you, it's also important to remind all of us too, behind you or working through you is ultimately Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and God yeah, the I Father in him. Yes, I trust that. Right? Because whenever you're bringing the word, it's we, we see Tim, but we're hearing God. Mm-hmm. through. As long as his sermon is faithful to the text of scripture, we're hearing the word. And so the only place that Jesus has promised to be that we know of the promise I'm going to be there is when the church is gathered. Mm -hmm. Now he's with us in our personal lives, of course, but he's there in a special way. And So if you want to be near Jesus, the one place we know you will find him is where his word is preached.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: The ordinances are administered and the spirit is applying that word to the hearts Mm -hmm. of sinners. Thank you guys so much for the discussion. It was wonderful. We hope it's been encouraging to you. Um, we love seeing you every first day of the week. Um, it encourages us. It does us good. And we hope it does you good to see each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as a spiritual family. And uh, we, we hope that as we walk together during this unique time in our church's uh, uh, history, um, that, that Sundays are special. They're special to me and my family. And I trust they're special to you and your family because we realize how much we need each other. But even more than that, how much we need Jesus Christ and his word. And so we pray that uh, um, that we'll be able to see you soon there. We pray that God uses this to strengthen you and to bless you and encourage you. That's our goal. And so we thank you so much for listening to Spencer, this.
1: Spencer, is this the last one? In this series of public it is, worship?
0: I think so, yeah. Wow. You just interrupted me, man. I did, <laughs> but I'm like, such a beautiful we, line. It is, just, but yeah. we've got to, we've
1: gotta leave them hanging. Like what's next? Yeah.
2: What's okay.
0: next? Well, we have some thoughts. But <laughs> it's not cemented yet, is it's it? It's not cemented yet.
2: We've talked about private worship. We've talked about what else did we talk about? We just did it the other day. Talked about
0: church history stuff. Church history stuff. Maybe. Matt sent me like a lot a of batillion. stuff, <laughs> maybe the, her- heretical the whole stuff? of the. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we talked about addressing heresies throughout history, right? The- which mm-hmm. ones we want to embrace and which ones <laughs> yeah. <we want> to. <laughs> choose, okay, so we can play a game. Choose your heresy. <laughs> which one would you rather be? <laughs> All right, well, um, but yeah, we've got some ideas. Um, your vote counts. Your vote. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. That's right. That's right. We are congregational, so every vote counts. Um, all right. Take care. We better close this. Take care. Have a good night. Uh, or wherever you're at, if you're listening to this, what if you're listening in the morning. If you're listening yeah. in the morning, <laughs> well, it's, uh, the night. it's <laughs> night somewhere. All right. Good day, sir. Uh, uh, good day, sir. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this up. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless.